Good morning, everyone. This is Grant from State of the Spark, and we're here, and it's Thursday, and we're live, and we're enjoying ourselves, and I am excited, as I usually am, for today's show. Why am I so excited for today's show? Because we've got a lot of good stuff to cover, but I think this topic is super, super, oh, I mean, all these topics, why would I talk about something that I don't feel? is super important. But someone actually asked a question and I want to get it answered for you guys because I think <clears throat> I think the question is important and I think it's going to help a lot of people because this week we've actually gotten a ton of feedback. I've gotten emails, I've gotten chats, we ran into people in the co-working space. We also uh, had someone Facebook messaged a few comments. So we're actually going to cover um, this topic of quitting. And how to know when to quit. And should you quit? Of course you should in certain situations and in certain moments. And why people start in the first first place. We're going to cover that on this glorious Thursday, which I'm super pumped about. But first, before we get involved in anything else, you know I have a cup of gratitude. So let's actually cover cup of gratitude, some other news, and actually talk about how to reframe quitting. Here we go. So in other news, I am, well, no, I'm super grateful. Sorry. I'm super grateful for the kind words of viewers. You see, I started this show way back in the day. I say back in the day, in the early COVID days, because I was so sick of COVID news and mob mentality and intelligent people that I know freaking out or not freaking out or not responding at all. And I was sick of the politic news. So we started this whole show. But what I've realized since we started this show, it's given me a great opportunity to connect with you. So what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for the kind words of viewers. And I want to read this one in particular because this is why we do the show. And I encourage you who may or may not be feeling what this person felt yesterday. I'm going to share it. If you feel that, you need to reach out and connect with people like us, awesome people. But if you don't feel this and you feel fine and you're just encouraged through life and this show, you're here for the show because you're encouraged, great. That's fantastic. I want you to realize that other people around you aren't always feeling as stellar as you or I might be feeling. And in those scenarios, in those scenarios, I want you to be encouraged to reach out because people need that encouragement. People need that support. Let's check this out real quick. This kind words from viewers, and this is what I'm grateful for. This person said, you saved my life this morning. You talked literally just to me this morning. You said exactly what I needed to hear. An hour before your show, I got a call, and then this person went on to share a story on how this phone call was rocking their business and was rocking them emotionally. They went on to say, I just wanted to stay in bed cover up my head. And just, I thought it's broken. My business is broken. I can't fix it. It's not working. It's over. Have you felt that way? I felt that way. I think I've confessed to you in the past that I have definitely felt that way myself. This person shared these words and then went on to say, I look forward to your show every morning because it fills me up and it gets me in the right framework and gets me going. That is what my cup of gratitude is full of this morning. And not because this person felt 
so down and out, but that this show can be a conduit for someone like that. So if it's meant something to you, share the show with somebody who needs to be encouraged, who needs freaking other news, and maybe who needs a little bit of coaching from a small business and personal development coach and just get encouraged. So that's what I'm grateful for in my cup of gratitude. Let's go on to other news. Here we go. So did you know there is something that is known as the opposite of PTSD. See, not everybody knows this. There is something other than PTSD out there, right? And no, it's not a stress-free life on the beach, kicking it up with sand between your toes, a green smoothie so your bowels are all nice and clean, where you're getting sunshine and hiking every day and traveling around the world. Now, I would be remiss if I said that that doesn't sound awfully nice. That sounds really nice, but that's not the opposite of PTSD. The opposite of PTSD is what is known as PTG, post-traumatic growth. And this is where Harvard steps in and says, man, Grant's a genius. In not so many words. Bear with me here. See, in a short article, well, in an article in the Harvard Business Review, um, it it was referenced about needing a personal myth. Or really, the phrase they used is a highlight reel. And yesterday's show um, that our testimony came from this morning, in yesterday's show, I talked at length about myth and how you really need to have your own myth and how that is the fuel to a personal sense of a compelling mission. Remember, yesterday we were talking about one of the four pillars of being a leader uh, in an accelerated world, in an accelerated marketplace, and being a leader from that perspective Um, you have the four pillars and one of them is having a compelling mission. Marissa says, that sounds good to me. I bet it would, Marissa. Marissa wants to be on mountains drinking green juice uh, smoothies and traveling the world. She says, that sounds like the opposite of post-traumatic stress. Dan says, Dan Sampson says, uh, let's see here. Times of great growth often happen during and after times of great trials. And this, and Dan brings us back to the point. I love it, Dan. What he's talking about here, whoop, let's, uh, let's pull that down. Boom. There we go. Um, so what he's referring to is this statement we made about post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth basically happens when you've channeled trauma into growth. And how do you do that? And the Harvard Business Review did a research, and this article has done research. Jessica says, you're absolutely right. Post-traumatic growth is such a necessary process. People sometimes skip this. How true is that? People skip post-traumatic growth. They actually just wallow in the trauma, and that's okay because trauma is real. Even imagined traumas can affect you, right? And those are traumas that you just actually do to yourself. But the idea is this. You need to have a highlight reel. You need to cultivate your personal myth. Go back to yesterday's show. You can scroll down here and watch yesterday's show. Comment there. We'll carry on the conversation. But we talked about personal myth, and we won't go into it again. But I just want to call this out, and I'm going to share this link for you because the link is so – or the uh, article is pretty encouraging. Boom. There we go. That you absolutely need to know not only the bad things that have happened to you and loop on them until you get into growth. And then tell the new story. The new story should say something along the lines of, hey, X, Y, and Z happened to me. And here's how you begin to shape a new myth. Here is how I'm growing out of that. 
here is who I intend to become because of that. And then look back on your life or your journal or your notes to yourself and then actually share that to other people. Tell that myth, tell that story. So the Harvard Business Review came in clutch today and actually had a great article to say, hey, that thing that Grant was talking about yesterday, it's awesome. Go just watch his show all over again. I'm kidding. It doesn't say that. You know, I just wish it would. Uh, Dan Sampson says it often changes our perspective and molds our priorities. In fact, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, uh, I would go beyond that, Dan. I would actually say it absolutely does. It absolutely, trauma absolutely changes our perspective and molds our priorities. Without trauma, without trials, how can we become who we are? And that's how I want you to reframe your highlight reel. So that's other news, number one. Other news, number two, more Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> mystery. Here we go. A recent article in Smithsonian Magazine, I'll share the link with you here in a hot second. Um, a recent article in Smithsonian Magazine called out that there's been a huge mystery, and you might not be a fan of Leonardo da Vinci. He's had a spotted past, has he not? He's such a character. No, in, in grade school, I was enamored with the artist, Leonardo da Vinci. And, and if you're following any of our fades or anything, I've been posting a lot of my artwork and trying to reconnect with my inner artist. Leonardo da Vinci was an artist. He was an inventor. I had a lot of respect. In fact, if anything, he's on my mastermind council. Read the chapter in Think and Grow Rich about mastermind. So here's the mystery. There is a hidden, as yet, undiscovered da Vinci masterpiece. I think it's called something like the Battle of Anghiari or something like this. Um, and I'll post the link. You can look at this later. But there's sketches. He has sketched in detail this mural, this uh, masterpiece fresco that he was going to put together. And historians have followed this and have yet to actually locate. And there's a lot of writings about it. In fact, the, uh, the sculptor Cellini uh, said, it was groundbreaking masterpiece that everyone must study. Uh, Christina tagged Marissa Green. I hope she's enjoying it. And Christina, thanks for stopping by. I hope you're enjoying yourself this morning. Thanks for watching. But the, the, the sculptor Cellini even said, you've got to check this out. It's a masterpiece. And they even know that it's supposed to be in uh, the Francescan, uh, the Palazzo Vecchio, Arecchio. And they have yet to find it. Well, a new book says, you know the reason why you tricky snitches have yet to actually find this masterpiece? And everyone's like, no, please do tell. And Francesca Fiorani, who is an art historian, has recently wrote a book to say it's because he never painted it. Suckers. She's basically saying it has never been painted because the way the walls typically were prepped for painting the wall itself does not have the underlayers, basically the little chemicals that they would use so that the paint would stay on the wall while they would paint it. She's saying those chemicals aren't there and it was never painted. So we don't know for certain, but it's yet more Da Vinci mystery. Oh, let me give you the article real quick. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. That's for you art nerds like myself who want to learn more. And that is other news. Let's talk about quitting. Here we go. So I'm going to actually read an article and for anonymity, I won't give this person's name. I don't know if they wanted me to share, but this was another um, viewer who watched the show yesterday and uh, followed up with a question because we were talking about myth. I was trying to encourage everybody. Listen, if you need encouragement today, let me just like time out. It's Thursday or whatever day you're watching this. Maybe you're watching this in the future. 
It's today. It's morning. Please get up. Please tackle your dream. Tackle your mission. If I only have this moment to speak into your life, let me encourage you. The world needs what you have. Watch yesterday's show about myth. Watch any one of the shows about greatness. Today, we're going to talk about quitting. Uh, and I really think it's an important topic, but I really, really just want to take a time out and encourage you. If you feel like quitting, don't quit yet. At least finish this show. Don't click away. At least finish the show, and maybe you'll get some tidbits on the dynamics of quitting. Yes, there are dynamics of quitting, and we're going to cover that together. So bear with me. Here we go. Anonymously, this person messaged me and said, hi, Grant. We were just talking online. Um, this person had posted on their feed, and we were dialoguing as follow-up to yesterday's show. They said, we were just talking about the best advice to give someone in order to not quit their business, but to keep going. Has the advice you've been given by others to not quit when it's hard help you to keep going? Or do you have your own process or routine that helps you to cling to your why? So first off, I want to ask the viewers this morning, do you have a why? Do you have a massive reason for doing what you do? I hope you have a why. If you don't, I want you to pause and think about why. Don't, don't click away. Just pause the show or come back in a little bit. But you got to have your why. This comes from Simon Sinek, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. Here, let me see if I can get this going. I'm going to need like an assistant. If, <laughs> if you guys have someone who wants to intern on the show, let me know because I, I, uh, I need an assistant kind of post to, uh, to post stuff to the show. But you can Google this, um, How Great Leaders. Here we go. I'm going to actually copy this right in here. Great primer video. This is when Simon Sinek was kind of uh, thrust to the forefront of, of uh, thought leadership on your why. And he believes you shouldn't start anything until you have a why. So what um, this person is referring to is starting with the why, but then losing sight of a why and wanting to quit. And oftentimes we start businesses around this topic of why we should proceed. And so they asked me, has the advice you've been given to others to not quit when it's hard help you to keep going? Or do you have your own process? So it's not either or to this listener. And then we're going to unpack quitting to this listener. My short answer is this. It's not either or the initial advice. Don't quit when it's hard. This is why if you're having a bad day, I'm just going to pause and encourage you share this video with somebody that needs to hear it. Who's thought about quitting. If you're thinking about quitting, don't quit. Don't quit when you're thinking about quitting. Don't only quit when it's hard. Don't quit when you've had a bad day. Don't quit when you've had a bad week. Now, let me say this. Let's go, let's go up one level. I'm tempted to say don't quit when you've had a bad season, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say don't quit when a bad season is owning your emotions. That's not the time to quit. So to answer this person's question, has that helped? Yes, it helps. Time out. Let's go to coffee. Message me in my inbox. Let's hang out. But don't quit. But do I have my own process and routine? We're going to talk about that. Yes, 100%. 100%. Now, I will also confess, the 100% I'm going to give you today is my framework. I, you know, With State of the Spark and Spark Sites and in my coaching, we have this you know, conglomeration, this little grab bag, if you will, of freedom frameworks. They're frameworks that create freedom. Christina says, amen. 
Amen to what? What was that revelation? I want to hear what struck you in that moment, Christina. Do share because it really helps the whole group know what you're getting out of it. So what's amen to? Don't quit on a bad day. Don't quit when you're feeling like quitting. Don't quit when you've had a bad week. Don't quit when you've had a bad season if, <laughs> if that season has gotten inside of you. You got to purge the inside to make good decisions. So I will say this. I do have a routine and a process, but it's not so much a routine and a process as much as it's a freedom framework, which is what we call it in State of the Spark, on staying positive. And not just staying positive. So I have a freedom framework. And then when it comes to quitting, there's a little freedom framework we're going to throw at you. And we're going to go from there. So I did want to call this out though. Entrepreneur, what, what this person is telling me is this. Maybe you've had this experience. If you're watching the show, maybe you've started a nonprofit, started a business or your dream, launched into a passion project like my lovely wife, Marissa, launched into a passion project to hike Colorado Trail. And now she's taken a, a, a private group hopefully in the new year to a, to a trail that has let yet to be announced. There's a lot going on, but it gets hard. This world is hard. There's competition. We've been talking about leadership in an accelerated marketplace. I mean, that's insane, right? Like just the pace of things. When the, when the last, we did the last five episodes, I think were about leadership in an accelerated marketplace. Go watch the series or we'll try to compile the series for you. But what's worse than that is this. The world around us is teaching the micro habit of quitting. Wait, what? <laughs> now, you guys know I'm a tech nerd. You guys know I love my phone. You guys know I love technology. I love the accelerated marketplace. I don't hate that. As, as us and Sheila were talking about yesterday, we tread water and play in the water that other people are allowing themselves to be drowned in, right? Like, I love the pace of technology. But have you ever experienced this? You've had it a tough conversation that you're going to have with somebody and you know, you've got to have this conversation. Your stomach falls and you know, you want to think through how this conversation needs to play out and you start to get uncomfortable and you're like, oh, dang, I don't know if I can handle this. Oh, dang. And a sense of urgency. And then you suddenly feel the need to get up and go to the bathroom, turn on the TV or check your phone. You're dodging the hard work, my friend. You're quitting. So what's going on is this, when, when a sense of urgency kicks in, I've got to have a tough conversation. It's a little bit of anxiety, norepinephrine hits your brain. <laughs> and that norepinephrine is good because it creates a, a state of awareness and readiness. And it's not as, it's not as hard on your system necessarily as cortisol and some other negative uh, hormones, but norepinephrine, it has multiple uses and it could take you several directions, but norepinephrine drops and you have this sense of urgency and you're like, okay, but that we're also getting uncomfortable. And as you sit in norepinephrine, as you sit in this sense of urgency, this difficult conversation you've got to have, eventually acetylcholine drops in and acetylcholine really amps up the need to do something else. Here's the trick. If you grab your phone, if you do avoidance, if you turn on the television, that acetylcholine goes away and it's replaced by endorphins, right? You feel good. Oh, I got my ice cream fix. Oh, I avoided the gym. I avoided this difficult conversation. However, when you have norepinephrine hit and then you're starting to get ang anxious and anxiety starts to hit and then acetylcholine hits and you really got the sense of urgency to do something, if you sit in that, hear this, it promotes brain growth. You continue neuroplasticity if you basically fast endorphin activities. You ever hear fasting endorphins? 
Practice it. This is what meditation does for you. So in today's world, business is hard enough, but we're also cultivating micro habits. Ah, I'm just going to check my notifications. Ah, I'm just going to check. No, I didn't do anything. Be honest. You were avoiding that difficult encounter. So we are training ourselves to quit micro quits that I'm going to call it. You heard it here first. It's called micro quitting. And it's when you're engaging something really mentally difficult or anxiety difficult. And suddenly you're just like, I'm going to check my notifications. Boop, boop, boop. If you do that, you are training yourself to micro quit. So that's the world we live in. And yet you're trying to build your vision. You're trying to build your dream. Like our first testimony earlier, this person wrote me and said, I was laying in bed. I don't even want to get out of bed. I feel that. So let's talk about quitting. Number one, why do people quit? They quit because of two reasons. So I've just got about four principles here, and then I've got the freedom framework in there. Point number three is the freedom framework. And as Michelle Harvey told me yesterday, Grant, just get on with the principles. Don't talk to me. Don't say hi to me. I've got, I got to get to work. Tell me the principles. So here are the principles. Number one, remember why people quit and categorize them. And this is my framework that prevents me from even getting into a quitting mindset, Okay. Number one, or two, two reasons people quit. Number one, pragmatically or practically or emotionally. Let's talk about pragmatically. Pragmatically, people quit because of lack of time or lack of money. If we've ever talked about the Project Pi, another freedom framework from Spark, well, that we use, it wasn't ours. It's basically every project takes time, energy, or money. Basically, time, money, and emotional bandwidth. Do we have the umph? If you got a team of people, do you have one rah rah cheerleader and then a bunch of hard workers? That might be all you need. Time, energy, money, and you create a pie. And that pie needs 100%. And it is, if it's got 25% time and 25% money, it needs 50% energy. Vice versa. You get it. I won't move on. Practically, people quit when their resources start, when that project pie starts to go away. I'm out of money, Grant, I'm broke. That's usually why people started the business in the first place, right? So if people start a business because they need money, then they're gonna have to bring a lot of time and a lot of emotion. Does that make sense? 50% time, 50% emotion or emotional bandwidth. But as they start to get stressed and strained, now they just need to give it more time. But now there's only 24 hours in a day and I do have to sleep. So there's 18 hours I can devote, but I do need family. So there's 16 hours a day that I, and you get the picture. Eventually it starts tapping you emotionally. So I said, there's two major reasons people quit. Practically, they start to lose time or money, but really the final straw is emotionally. Now, I have a high pain tolerance emotionally. Generally speaking, my wife, my lovely bride is probably watching. She's like, ooh, I know that Grant. He's an emotional mess. La, la, la. And it's true. <laughs> but I actually have a very high pain tolerance emotionally. And that is a common trait uh, in a lot of entrepreneurs. Not that we don't feel the pain, but that we have a high tolerance of emotional pain. We have a we have a what's known as a far future time horizon, meaning we can tolerate the discomfort of today for payoff later. I, uh, I heard a quote of a friend of mine, Eddie Allen, who used to say all the time, "I do today what others won't do, so I can do tomorrow what others can't do." That is the the mantra of many entrepreneurs. So, in short, this is why people quit: practically, lack of time or money, or emotionally, that emotional part of the project pie no longer is available to them. They're toast. They're toast. So that's that's like that that's first an understanding. And if you are experiencing the desire to quit, 
Just taking time in your journal and asking yourself, what am I lacking right now? Time, energy, time, money, or energy, or emotions, right? And chances are, if you're lacking money, chances are you've been lacking money. So then the next question is, well, have I started to lose time? Am I losing time? And chances are something has come up. Some other focus has come up. Family focus or life, uh, correcting your life has come up. So your time bandwidth has start to shrink on something that you used to give yourself. Well, I'll just work on it at night. I'll just work on it at four in the morning, which is what I do. I'll just work on it between lunch. And now something has come up and that has begun to limit itself. I want to hear from you in the comments. What, if you feel like quitting or have felt like quitting, in fact, everyone at some point or another has felt like quitting. I want to hear from you. Do you feel like you've lacked time, money, or emotional bandwidth? Let me know in the comments. So that's principle number one. And that's part of the, that's part of the freedom framework around quitting. When you feel like quitting, ask yourself, what part of the project pie have I started to lose? And I present for your consideration. It's actually the emotional slash energetic side that you've lost. And here's why. Point number two, why people start in the first place. <clears throat> you know, we talked when we talk about an accelerating marketplace, we were talking about the first pillar is a compelling mission, right? Now, compelling mission might just come out of you naturally. For those people of faith, oftentimes a compelling mission happens just automatically, completely selflessly. At some point or another, we have to be honest with ourselves. We want more time. We want more money. We want more emotional bandwidth. Me and Marissa want to spend more time traveling. We want to spend more time together, time, and we want to have more of the things we want. We don't have much more that we need, but we definitely have more wants. So we want more. And in wanting more, we take on a project. And when you take on a project, that project has a project pie, which we just talked about. And in that project pie, it demands, guess what? More time, more money, more emotional bandwidth. So in essence, when you launch a mission, or you have a desire, you're launching that from the paradigm of going into debt on time, energy, and money for a period of time, for a given period of time. And once you get through whatever arbitrary period of time is floating around in your brain on this thing, then, oh, and I'm getting pinged there. Boom, boom, there we go. Um, once you get started on this thing and once you get through the given arbitrary time period, you start to lose that emotional bandwidth. You start to want to give less and less. So why do people start in the first place? Mission, driven, dream, and compelling. And when they start, do they have more money than they have after they start their business? Maybe sometimes. Do they have more time? Very rarely. Maybe they have a chunk of money they want to throw at it, but I'll tell you what they have in spades. They have oomph. They have a compelling mission. They have fire. From that compelling mission. So most people start something. We're talking about the opposite of quitting. So if the first part of the freedom framework around quitting, it's asking yourself why people quit, you know, practically or emotionally. And where am I on that? And then let me remind myself, hey, why did I start this in the first place? Because I had a huge amount of emotional bandwidth. So that leads then to the process of quitting. Do I need to quit now? Is now the time to quit. So let's talk about quit. And a freedom framework we use for quitting is this, Q-U-I-T. You ready for this? Q-U-I-T, and I'm going to go through them really quick. Number one, ask yourself this question. Am I actually qualified to decide if I need to quit? Number two, do I actually understand the dynamics going on 
as to whether to as to be qualified to decide if I'm going to quit. So do I have understanding? I have I interacted with the people necessary to make the decision to quit? And T, have I taken inventory of the process of getting to this point? Let's unpack these real quick. This is the real uh, like this is the real meat and potatoes. You could skip a lot of this show and just get these four points QUIT and actually have a framework on deciding if you need to quit. So number 1, Q, am I qualified to make the decision to quit? Short answer is no. If you're thinking about quitting, and this is why I said earlier, the the idea, the the phrase, the paragraph that goes never quit when it's hard. And I, and I followed up with never quit when you're thinking about quitting. If you're thinking about quitting, you're not qualified to actually decide and commit to quitting. If you're thinking about quitting and mulling it over, chances are you have a low emotional bandwidth. You're broke or you lost your time on something and you feel completely adrift. Am I qualified to quit? That's one reason you're not qualified to quit is you're thinking about quitting, which means you're probably mired in the emotion. The second reason is, it's a team effort. Whatever you're working on probably has team involved, whether it's a spouse. If you're thinking about quitting your job, you have a spouse to talk to. No, you alone are not qualified to quit, right? Your spouse or your partner needs to be involved. Maybe your, your kids need to be involved. Maybe your partner needs to be involved. Maybe the person you need to quit from actually needs to be involved in that decision. So the answer to am I qualified to quit is quite often no. Is like usually no, I'm not qualified because I am emotional. And that's another reason. If, if my only reason is I'm emotionally tapped, maybe I don't need to quit. Maybe I need to go take a break. Maybe I need to nap a little bit. Maybe we just need to put it on pause, not quit. Because quit is very finite. It's very final, right? So in terms of am I qualified to quit, like you could write in your little notes or make a note, like 95% of the time, the answer is no, I'm not qualified to quit. Number two, do I understand the dynamics going on? So you, the U stands for understanding. Do I actually understand? Now I gave you the project pie. And if you've gone through the project pie, you might have a decent understanding of the dynamics. Am I running out of money? Am I running out of time? Do I just need to take a, a nap? You probably just need to take a nap in all honesty, or you need to put your thing on pause. Now, there's other things though. In terms of understanding, sometimes I actually need to talk about external forces. If I started a, a lawn mowing business and I suddenly start to see autonomous lawn mowers, I need to ask myself, do I have an understanding of this? Do I need to quit? So we did talk about, am I qualified? But how do I understand the dynamics? There's internal dynamics, which are the dominant reasons we quit, but there's external dynamics. And if it's like, whoa, I'm feeling overwhelmed because my competitor has autonomous lawnmowers or whatever. Well, can you get autonomous lawnmowers and then still do high-end customer service? Well, if that's all it is, let's just talk about that. And if you're stressed out about that, chances are you have a low emotional bank account. So you're just strained. So and you go back to, to the queue, qualified. Am I qualified to quit? Nope, not yet. So the you is understanding. Do I understand the internal and external dynamics? I, have I interacted with the right people? So as I said, you're probably not qualified because quitting is a team sport, because starting is a team sport. And if starting is a team sport and quitting is a team sport, you need to go interact 
with the right people. As I said, the person you probably you might need to quit from or your job or the business, maybe you need to incorporate this and just ask, hey, am I right for this? Should I belong here? Maybe the person you need to interact with, we've already talked about spouses and partners, but maybe it's a coach. Reach out to a coach. Get some, get some uh, awarenesses. Get some insight as to who am I and what am I aware of and do I have insight into myself? Uh, can I relate to this problem? Maybe the person you need to interact with is a coach. And if it's external forces, as we talked about in terms of understanding the dynamics, if it's external dynamics, do you need to interact with other industry people? If it's this example of autonomous lawnmowers, do you need to go talk to the vendor for autonomous lawnmowers and learn more? Do you need to go talk to um, an artificial intelligence person? Uh, yesterday, I had a meeting with um, Steve Webster from SW Gaps, uh, which is basically Steve Webster Google Apps, and he does Google App Programming. We talked about AI, and then the conversation drifted to just not AI, but automations in my business. Are you interacting with the right people? Chances are, if you're feeling like quitting, you haven't. And number two, or number four, T stands for take inventory. Taking inventory, have you learned what you set out to learn? Take an inventory. Have you achieved what you set out to achieve? See, when you're in the mode of quitting, it's obviously the opposite of the mode of starting. When you start, you have ambition. You, yes, you have a big picture dream, but you have an ambition. I know Dan Sampson was watching a little bit ago anyway, and Dan is starting like this carpentry thing, and he's starting out, and he left his previous employment that he did for years and years and years in a family business and moved that towards doing carpentry and passion projects and high-end executive uh, furniture and like super awesome stuff. The man is awesome with his hands. If he felt like quitting... And he doesn't, he's on fire as far as I'm concerned. But if he did feel like quitting and he's taking inventory and he, he has to ask himself, what was my state of mind when I started? And you got to take that inventory and say, well, did I achieve that? If I achieved some degree of fulfillment, I should be free to move on. Take inventory. The other thing you need to take inventory in is usually when you start a thing, guess what? you were quitting something else. <laughs> this emotion you have to quit, that usually wasn't the driving force when you started. Usually when you started, you had a vision for something new and that vision for something new made up the lion's share of the emotions you were feeling. It wasn't the feeling of quitting, it was the feeling of starting and you're just like, hey, quitting's a no-brainer. When you T, take inventory. One of the things you need to take inventory in is I heard this, uh, you know, Tarzan rarely lets go of one vine, one vine before he has hold of another. And I've heard that about career, you know, at least have a grip on a new vision before you say yes to letting go. So Q-U-I-T, number one, qualified. Am I qualified to quit? Which often the answer is no. Number two, U, do I understand the internal and external dynamics? I have I interacted with the right people to make the right decision on quitting? And T, have I actually taken inventory of myself? Marissa said, you did this with me before my hike, asking at what point should you let me quit or just keep pushing me when things get hard on the trail? I love this little girl. Jeez, I'm so glad I get to go have coffee with her in a second. She is bringing up a killer point. Um, as a husband and a supporter, not even a leader, just as a friend, 
I knew that Marissa on the trail might encounter a moment where she might call and just say, I want to come out. I want to, you're sitting in a hot tub and a cold tub and, and typing away at her computer and doing okay. And doing just little day hikes, but sleeping in a warm bed and taking hot showers. And can you just pick me up from the trail grant? And I knew that this might come up. So I asked her, what's the right thing for me to do? Do I allow you to quit? So having that conversation ahead of time. So that's a great point. Just total side point from the lovely Marissa is maybe you should talk to your people before and say, hey, when I say these things, don't let me off the hook. But when I say these things, do let me off the hook. So thank you, love, for bringing that up. So in terms of the freedom framework, I gave you QUIT, and that's number three. Um, and so on the, on the macro freedom framework of know why people quit, <clears throat> know why people start, have the framework on quitting itself. And the last one, here we go. If you do need to quit, you've gone through this process and you do have decided that you needed to quit. Here's what I want you to do. Time out. I want you to notice something. Oftentimes, the emotion of quitting is highly charged. The first three steps, knowing why people quit, um, practically or emotionally, the project pie, why people start knowing a compelling mission and what that felt like, having the framework of quitting, QUIT. If you go through this process, the goal is that you get out of anxiety state into your neocortex. Get out of your limbic lizard brain and into your thinking brain. Hopefully, this process has actually revealed, had some revelations about what's going on in you and what's going on outside of you. And are you capable? Do you just need to rest for a day? Do you need to borrow some money? Do you need to cut on, uh, cut back on the time you invest and get some, you know, a uh, hobby time? Hopefully, you're in your neocortex for this last part. This is it. If you do still need to quit, I want you to quit right. Never quit on a bad day. Never leave people in a lurch and never talk shit on the way out, even if they deserve it. Quitting right is part of your myth. In the early part of this episode, we talked about myth. Quitting right is part of your myth. You do not want to go to the next job and say, hey, and they ask for referrals and you go, ah, I can't refer because we really burnt bridges here. Sometimes you can't help conflict. Sometimes you can't. But I want you to be able to lay on your pillow at night. I want you to be able to give up the ghost. A major person who is dying with a massive amount of integrity right now is Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist. Probably saying his name wrong, but me and Marissa love his material. And he's basically saying, my conscience is clear, my friends. I'm going to give up the ghost here. I'm going to give up the body and transition. Can you transition with integrity? Because I am telling you, you carry that spirit into the next project. I want you to quit right. I want you to not quit on a bad day or in the heat of argument. I want you to not leave that group in a lurch. I don't care if you have to work free for the rest of the week. You make sure there are systems or replacements in place. You do not leave these people in a lurch. Do not be that person. I don't care about them. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how short of them throwing you off the property and changing passwords, you leave with integrity. And the third one, what did I say? Uh, don't leave them in a lurch. Don't leave on a bad day. Oh, and don't talk shit. Drop it. Because, and the best way to drop it is to leave well. 
to, to not leave them in alerts. You can hold your head up high and say, hey, no, with utmost respect, I left this thing well. They were not in a lurch. Now, hopefully you're right about that. Hopefully you brought your A game. Hopefully you still brought joy to the job and the work because we should be grateful for work today. A lot of young people I see, they are not grateful for work, man. I They went through, like there's a lot of young people working today who they saw their parents go through the 2008 crisis, but since then, and since they've had their first job, they've never been fired because of recession. That's going to happen to them in these days. They're not going to be emotionally prepared to do what it takes and to be grateful and to bring joy to your work. So leave right. Don't leave on a bad day or in the middle of fighting. Don't leave them in a lurch. Replace yourself and your systems, even if you have to work for free, even if you have to make yourself available. Maybe not. Maybe make yourself on retainer. Become a consultant. Be awesome. Whatever that is. You could even become a consultant, right? But don't talk shit on the way out. Don't be that person. I Hopefully, you've, you've, you have a framework now for quitting. And and don't just hear this. Oh, Grant gave me an a uh, um, Grant gave me a, a, an outline. Q U I T. And I that's super cute, but I'm not feeling it. I want you to pause with this. And and if you're thinking of quitting, I want you to pause with this and feel it. I want you to think about: Am I really qualified? I want you to open up a journal, get a cup of coffee, take your time with this. This is not passe blase because it's got points. I want you to take time with it. We covered it in a single morning, but if you take time with it, I think you're going to see your anxiety level drop. You're going to breathe a little bit better. If you can breathe a little bit better, you can think a little bit clearer. If you can think a little bit clearer, you can move out of the lizard brain, the panic, the run away from the freeze fight or flight and move into the neocortex and get with your people. Talk to your people and then make the decision that is best for you. Listen, I love you. I think you're going to make the right decision, but we're available. Reach out to us at the Facebook Goals and Gratitude group. Share this video with a friend who just needs encouragement, who just needs to get lifted up, or who needs a framework on deciding is now the time to quit. Hey, if I've gone through this process, I have the info I need to determine we got to make a shift. We got to make a change. And many times the, the right thing to do is to quit. Get rid of the stigma. It's okay to quit well. It's not okay to quit wrong. That is the lower function. It's okay to quit well. I love you today. Go out there and ignite some lives of explosive significance. Remember that mission, but remember that mission starts with you. If you need any help at all, you could visit us right here. Boop. If you need a website or need help or support, visit us at sparkmysite.com. Or if you just need coaching and support, visit me at grantnadu.com or visit our goals and gratitude group. We love you guys. Have an extraordinary day. Share this with a friend and keep igniting lives of explosive significance. Take care.